Hello, everyone. Welcome to season three of Musai Collective. I'm your host, Lindsay Cabrera. And on this season, you'll be meeting incredible Musai from around the globe, such as artists, event curators, chefs, fashion designers, change makers, and so much more. These women are muses for a reason, and I hope you can resonate with their stories and it leaves you feeling inspired. It would be amazing if you could take a moment and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts so Musai Collective can move up the charts. I'd like to thank you all for listening. It's been such a beautiful experience to be able to connect with these divine feminine Musai each week. On the first episode of season three, you'll be meeting Radostina, who has more than 10 years experience in the entertainment industry, notably having set foot in almost every aspect of this business, from being a personal assistant to running two music record companies, publishing companies, and acting as a PR and media manager for very well-known electronic music artists, Rado stays well-versed in the electronic dance music industry. Rado founded a company to prevent music anti-piracy to running her own boutique agency, Demand Artists, for electronic music acts and celebrity chefs. She also creates concepts for high-end events in the world's most famous venues, including her very own notable event concept called Erotica. Today, we discuss her transformational year and a half, her event concept, Erotica, a new mini conference called Music Talks, and so much more. This Erotica Musai is a curator to watch, and you can follow her at Rado, not the watch. I hope you enjoy this episode, and here's Rado on Musai Collective. Hello, Rado. Welcome to Musai Collective podcast. How are you doing over there in Bulgaria today? <laughs> um, I'm doing great. Hi, and uh, I'm uh, yeah. I'm just uh, enjoying the summer. Just try, trying to do this podcast with you for a couple of days. <laughs> it's okay. Yes, <laughs> our calendars. Very busy, very busy party schedule. So yes, I know. And then the Wi-Fi schedules as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They have their own life. So for everyone listening, Radostina and I actually met when I was working in the dance music industry and we quickly became good friends and would meet in different parts of the world like Amsterdam and Ibiza and Miami and St. Martin. (laughs) We've been everywhere and we've really had some good times and it's just been so amazing building our friendship over the years and, you know, really staying connected and supporting one another. Rado, I want to start off by talking about the transformation you experienced over this past year and a half, because pre-pandemic, you had a very busy, consistent schedule full of the travel and live events with your booking agency, Demand Artists, plus many other projects on the go, as usual. (laughs) But can you share with us how your lifestyle changed and how you made a shift into the next version of yourself and, you know, what projects were birthed out of all of this? Okay, so as you said, my schedule was uh, pretty busy. I already knew every January... As uh, like as you know, and you're uh, the same. Like I, I imagine you're in the same way. Like your schedule was like this, so I knew already which festivals I'm gonna visit, where, who we're gonna be with, uh, who are the artists playing everywhere. So, kind of like when uh, when March came last year, and I was uh, I was I was actually touring in the states with my artists, and I went to Florida to the festival of uh, my artist Prochowski who does this amazing Okeechobee Music and Arts Festival. Uh, it's it's in a jungle. And apparently that was like the, the last festival on earth last year that actually happened. And then after that, I was supposed to go to New York and then Lake, Lake Tahoe for another festival. But then I just stayed in uh, Los Angeles. My flights got canceled. Festivals got canceled. And I really thought at that time that it's going to be just for just a weird uh, one week 
happening that is a disaster. And uh, I was like, what am I going to do this week? I was like, what, what's going on, right? And then little that I knew, then I stayed for three months in LA. No, like I canceled, we canceled all the shows. So I had some work on canceling shows for, for a month maybe and just rescheduling or just like just canceling everything. And all of a sudden I was waking up. I had no emails in my inbox. I had uh, no plans to travel and then nothing. It's just, it was like a, an abyss of nothingness every day. And it kind of felt good because I finally had time to rest and just take care of myself more. And it was fun for the first couple of weeks. But then and then you just come to a realization that it's just not going to it's not going to be different anytime soon. And then uh, the funniest thing is that I I rewatched all the Desperate Housewives series. And then (laughs) I was sharing an apartment with a friend of mine and uh, we just kind of supported each other. We started doing this hypnotherapy that I found online by Marisa Pierce. She's a UK like rapid transformational therapist, which I find a very helpful. And I always uh, say to my girlfriends or male friends that need uh, any type of change in their lives just to try it. Because to me, it did did miracles for my friend. It did miracles to me in a way that I just became very calm and just uh, accepted my faith of... uh, no partying, <laughs> you know, and uh, just wearing your all your old clothes and just being no, no, like no, nothing fabulous was happening, you know. Yeah. But in a way that I, I was really grateful that we had, we all had this year off because I realized that I was in my own uh, luxurious, fabulous hamster wheel, and uh, I had no time to dream. I had no time to put a new, just to put new, new goals because everything that I ever wanted was already happening all the time. Thus, I needed this year. Year to to just be with myself and just to have new projects, new ideas. So you asked me like what I was like just trying to find new ways of revenue stream <laughs> in a way. And then I I found out that there is uh, an amazing uh, like cultural fund in Bulgaria that I can apply and do cool projects that are connected with music and art, which I never had time to, and I also never kind of like look looked into Bulgaria as a way, as a place where I want to grow and I want to do things because I was always busy and just doing projects outside my own country. And uh, then I started writing projects. Then a friend of mine, Chris Corda, asked me to be his PR for his new album. That was, for me, it was the name and the lyrics and the message of the album was totally relevant for the year that we just had. And it's called Apologize to the Future. So I was doing like PR for four months, which kind of like brought me some life again so that I'm not a failure or that I just had something to do. And the thing is that I, I was running away from was like not to get a lame job on the side. And I said, I don't care. I'd rather eat bread and drink water every day, but I'm not going to uh, run away from my passion, which is music and events and entertainment in general, art. And I just said, okay, I'll just wait and the right project is going to come to me. And they did. So I was really happy about it. Amazing. I know. I'm sure most people listening had some kind of transformation that took place over this last year and a half. And it just kind of gave everyone a moment to think and reflect on where I'm at in life. <laughs> what am I doing? What do I want? Asking yourself these questions. Because when you're super busy all the time, you really don't have a moment to think about those things because you're working on your inbox and what's next and this and this yeah. and this and this. So that you never really have a minute. We, we not only had the minute, but we had a whole year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, now it's going to be actually a year. 
And it seems that it's going to happen again sometime soon, as I see how things are moving forward in uh, in the world. They're saying that we're going to be like maybe locked down again, but let's see. We'll see. But with having more time to slow down, there's so many wonderful, inspiring podcasts to explore, which can really help guide you through difficult times. So what were some of the most favorite podcasts you were listening to over this past year? I was listening to yours that you started doing. So this one of them and then listening to Sadhguru it's an Indian guru that I follow that he's really cool and he's he just speaks about everything and he's not this kind of guru that is just you know outside the luxury is like the lavish life he goes around with a motorbike and just like living his life but he's at the same time a guru and uh, he did a lot of online interviews like live which he did one with Will Smith he did one with Mike Tyson so he was just also helping them giving them advice on how to deal with the pandemic and uh, the change of schedules and like not being fat because like as we all saw like Will Smith got really out of shape during <laughs> quarantine and then he was actually talking with him about it so so I was listening to his like take on life and relationships and what we have to do to be better people in general like to ourselves and to how to be pleasant to be around <laughs> that's, that's like you should be a pleasant person Absolutely. I think, you know, the whole podcast culture has really exploded the last couple of years. You know, I, I never thought I would have a podcast, to be honest. It was something that I kind of birthed as well. I want to say last fall, it kind of came to me. I was like, I want to interview like the muses that I know in my life, all these amazing creative women that I know. I want to like make a platform for this. And it's just such a passion project as well as the mix series as well. Only female DJs for that. But sometimes you just need a break to have these like downloads or set new goals and intentions. And I mean, I personally like to do new goal setting and intention setting with the moon cycles, like full moons, new moons, just kind of like makes me do it in the month. <laughs> you not so much. <laughs> I'll be disclosing this. <laughs> <laughs> We shouldn't be disclosed. We're all witches. <laughs> We're all witches. Yeah. So the dance music industry, especially electronic dance music industry, is slowly making a comeback with events and festivals relaunching and popping up up around the world. So, what's your vision for the future of electronic dance music? And do you think the dance floor will ever be the same with new protocols and regulations? From what I've seen in videos, it doesn't seem like there's any kinds of regulations. Everyone's just raging on the dance floor. So, <laughs> what do you envision? I think the only thing that changed is the people from the industry that I know. We They started enjoying more going out and appreciating it because, as you know, every time, every weekend we were like, oh, I have to go... I have to go out again. I have to go this party. I have to speak with that person. And we were in a way not excited at all to go out. And I, and not even like preparing, come on. Like we were going out with just like jeans and a t-shirt sometimes. Like, no, like we were not excited. And now I think what I've seen in people is just, it's just, it looks like people are really on the dance floor not checking their phones, not staying in green rooms, talking ridiculous new projects. Mm -hmm, come to life and I think that's the, that's the difference also I've seen that people started playing more happy music in a way that for example I don't see many people wanting to go to a really techno dark room rave some of them yeah the, the fans in like younger generations they do but people our age for example we want all this to be more more pleasant like more just like happy happy music not like it just, I, I think just the music gonna change quite a, quite a bit in that direction. 
Yeah, I for sure. Yeah. From said Troxler or Monteiro and his brothers. And they all just started, I've seen that they started playing like a little bit different music that's more girly, I would say, also. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And like, of course, just to feel that energy on the floor. <laughs> and maybe, uh, of course, I mean, like people say regulations and I see here in Europe, it's it's pretty wild. It's wilder than it has it has ever been before. Of course, yeah. The, the people are exploding. <laughs> Nobody's not even like... Like the, the machine, like to measure the, the your temperature, like rarely works. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. For example, my friends were doing a a test event at shelter in uh, in Amsterdam, and they did all they did the testing, they did you know all the distancing inside, and I think this just kills the vibe. Like I don't want to stay there and queue. Be like, stuck. Yeah. Like myself. You know, yeah, but that's the only way. Probably people are gonna do that, but at least I'm I'm lucky that I li- I'm from Eastern Europe, so here nobody cares about this. <laughs> well, speaking of events, back in 2018, you launched your event concept called Erotica. What's the concept behind this event series, and what can someone expect if they're lucky enough to attend one? What was the inspiration behind all of this? The inspiration was that, as you know, you and me and our crew was traveling a lot. And what I saw that was missing, it was exactly like the sexiness and the grooviness and like just different vibes. It's just an event where you go dressed up, but it's an underground event. And uh, you don't feel, I, I just, I mean, it's not like table service and like all these rich Russians that think that Solomon is like the biggest DJ in the world. It's not about that. It's just I want to create an, an event which is like a mixture between Studio 54 and Berkheim. So if they had a baby, that would be my event. I, <laughs> the I can give. And I started small. I did like a few small events. And then and then I did a, a big one with Seth Troxler in Crystal Club in Romania, which was amazing. And we had all this, we had this visual artist that he brought in. We had all this like a retro softcore movies like playing all around the all around the people and then we had dress code so basically the whole production is the people that come and my 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 whole thinking was like just to have different people at an event that's not only people that always go to electronic music events but for example like hipsters or like playboy girls or just people that never listen to electronic music so when they come they usually feel welcome and I kind of succeeded doing that. And also it's a platform or like an event for DJs to come and just play different music than what they are expected to play. For example, if I ever book Dubfire, let's say, he won't play techno music. At least this is what we discussed with him and with his manager. And he just wants to come and play sexy music, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's also rare for them because I know that so many DJs, if they're booked and if they play something that is different, people are going to hate on them like they're true fans. But oh, yeah. I want everything to be about the DJ, I want everything to be about the event itself. I don't like, I don't want to put like big headliners or, you know, like promote the event. This is the event. You come and it's going to be great. I guarantee. <laughs> Yes. And then I did a big one in last October during the pandemic because in Bulgaria we had um, everything open. So I had an event with Damien Lazarus and he came. I'm really thankful to him that he came and he did an amazing set and it was just beautiful. And we had like a thousand people all dressed in fetish and just, just like the club was full of women, lust, love and <laughs> <laughs> erection. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> yeah, so everybody was happy. It was really, I was very happy. Amazing. Well, I'm really proud of you for launching that and, you know, sticking to it and creating your vision. And I hope to come to one of them. Oh, eventually. yeah, yeah. You haven't? <laughs> yeah, I'm planning like one big one with uh, Honey Dijon next year. Because I really nice. like, I love her music. I love her vibe. I love, I love what she, what she shows to the world. Yeah. And I would love to have her. So we're trying to find a date. Where would you, do you have a location? I mean, city? I have a location. I want to do it in Sofia. Ah, oh, nice. Okay. Okay. I know for sure that if, even if the world goes wrong everywhere else, we're going to have a, I'm sure that we're going to have clubs working here, is what I'm saying. Okay, so this September 11th and 12th, you have a two-day seminar coming up called Music Talks, taking place in Sofia, Bulgaria. What's this all about and inspiration behind this? Uh, so Music Talks is one of the projects that I wrote for the Cultural Fund of Bulgaria, and then they approved it, so I won't. they granted me a certain amount of money. And I'm making this two-day seminar for music. And I basically would like people from here that are interested in working in our industry or DJing or just just like being in the industry, like of, of like in the music industry, I think it will be really helpful for them to, to hear or speak, for example, with Nicolas Matar from New York. And like John Aquaviva. Then I have also Elliot Sean coming, the guy that was the booker for Circle Loco for a long time. And he did many festivals and is consulting for festivals. He's working with Loud Professional. So I think this kind of people are missing here in Bulgaria in terms of, okay, there is me that I work internationally. There is another girl probably. And we have Kink, which is the biggest Bulgarian live DJ. And then who else? So basically if people that are younger than us and that really love what we do, need to get inspired. Sometimes they don't have the means to go to ADE or IMS or like other conferences that are happening in the UK, for example. So I think it's really, it will be really nice to them to see how we do things abroad and just bring a little piece of that, of my knowledge that I learned abroad to Bulgaria. So yeah. this, is, uh, what is this, this is the inspiration behind it. Nice. Yeah. And I think that sometimes I'm sure there are people in Bulgaria that are interested in getting involved in this industry, but they just don't know where to start. They don't know where do I begin or who do I talk to? So this could really cultivate something and create such a platform for people in Bulgaria to, you know, connect and network and meet the people that you're bringing to the table and, you know, like get inspired and get started. And I'm sure something will come out of this for them in the end. So it's really nice. <laughs> Because I, I was interviewed maybe a year ago or no, two years ago, I was interviewed by a magazine and they were asking me all these questions. And then when people were texting me to ask me more, like their level, they don't even know how to write or send a demo to some mm. label. Mm -hmm. Or of course they know, like you send it to info at or demo at whatever, but they have no... They, they just don't have the education even to like, they don't even know what is a follow-up email. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's sad. So yeah, I'm sure they're going to learn a lot of things. I'm sure they will, especially for in a way. Yes, like, yes, yes. A lot of girls in Bulgaria that are young, they don't really have the vision of, oh yeah, I can succeed. I can have a really cool work. I can really have an amazing life. They just choose to be with someone just for the, you know what I mean? Like just to get married and have a family, yes. but like don't have that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's nothing more than that kind of thing. But it's also, you would like to have a career, but it's just because it's like, 
based on their education or what talks they had in the family. They really are very far away from the belief that they can actually have a fabulous life, even though they're coming from Bulgaria, no matter which city. So I think that with me giving an example to them, to the young girls, and this is also my inspiration in a way. Yeah, you can basically become somewhat of a mentor for some of these younger women that are maybe have questions and you never know. <laughs> I yeah, think it's no, really I, nice. I think I, I, yeah, and sometimes when I go out, some younger girls come to me that was like, oh, we follow you. You're like a super inspiration for us. And it's actually nice, you know, sometimes you, you always think that you're not good enough. Sometimes, you know, that you always need to do more, but there's some people that are watching and it feels, it feels nice. Yeah, for sure. So you and I were laughing the other day about how hard it was to even date pre-pandemic with such busy lives, with the work-life balance and all of the stuff in between. And this year we couldn't even go out, let alone even try to like go on a date, but like we don't go on dates. So like, you know, <laughs> so, you know, how has it been out there for you out in the wild? <laughs> I mean, okay. So while we were with my friend in Los Angeles, so it was only me and another female friend. And then sometimes we were just flirting with the Uber delivery guy because I haven't seen a man for I haven't had seen a man for a long time but not not in a not even in a sexual way it's just just to speak with another person from the opposite sex so we were just flirting with the guy on the phone that was putting the sprinkles or on our uh, low calorie yogurt <laughs> delivery ice cream <laughs> It's just a disaster whatsoever. And then we were like flirting with the Uber guys and just like being like really horrible. <laughs> and then of course, I mean, with us, as we spoke many times, it's like being somebody like a woman in the industry, we can't really date much and we don't even want to because like how many DJs you can date, you know, how mm. many, like who are the guys that we meet? And usually if they are from the industry, it's a problem because if it doesn't work out, then you can't really have another try or another test. Then if you date somebody that is outside the industry, for example, a lawyer, and yeah, then they don't understand that I will go on five or seven festivals during the year and you are not supposed to get jealous because that's my job. But then they would for sure not grasp that. In any yeah, way. they just don't understand the lifestyle of yeah. it. Yeah. Looking for a unicorn. And uh, yeah, but sometimes you find them and not sometimes, this one time you find it and then it's great. Yeah. When you find a unicorn, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> yes, we know. Well, it's, yeah, it's so interesting. The landscape of it all really just hold it, the whole dating landscape. Okay. I will give a very funny example. So uh -huh. I was trying that one time to see somebody that's not from the, our world and his job was to sell crystal. And basically when he met my friends in the music industry, everybody thought that he sells crystal meth and not real crystal. So oh, then my I God. <laughs> oh my God. Too much. <laughs> you can cut that from the podcast. You can just... Uh, or say uh, it's it's a podcast with me, so explicit. <laughs> <laughs> Read it, R. <laughs> okay, so can you share with us one or two muses in your life that you'd like to give a shout out to? For me, is Maya Angelou, and I love looking at her interviews. I love the fact that she was so powerful for herself, and she was so humble at the same time. And in moments when 
I didn't know what to say or how to react or how to be centered. I always played her interviews or was reading her work. And she really is, it's like basically reading or connecting with her through her speeches or through her art or any way she was expressing herself. It's like having a very wise older sister or aunt mm-hmm. and up to her. Mm-hmm. And then another one is for, for being like really, really sassy is Grace Jones. And I also looked at her interviews many times just for the sass. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes. And I, I get to also Madonna, of course, and we don't even have to discuss her. She yes. Inspiration. Always yeah. reinventing herself. Yeah. 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 Actually, I would add that Apart from the famous women that I don't know, and I just reach them through their art, it's like the muses that I have in my life are also my friends, which are my family as well. It's just, you know, sometimes we have a conversation, a silly conversation about nothing, and then you come up to a conclusion that, wow, like I really... I really get inspired by this certain thing or you know how it happens. Sometimes we speak and we say something fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to have your like sisterhood with your friends. (laughs) It's always important to have your tribe, your women, your support and men or women can be. Circle. <laughs> your circle of trust. Yes, your circle of trust, your muses to, you know, help inspire you, offer you advice, guide you, mentor you, remind you when it's a new moon cycle. <laughs> so we're going to get to the follow your bliss finale question now. So can you share with us one positive affirmation with our listeners or any life advice you'd like to pass along? Okay. Yes, actually I do. And uh, as I said earlier about Marisa Peer and some of her, I did her course that was uh, called Uncompromised Life. And every week we were studying something new about ourselves or about how to deal with difficult situations. So one sentence that she said that many people should, like should follow and they don't, and it's very simple. And it's the fact that every day when you wake up, you need to you need to say to yourself that you're enough. And from this, from saying that is basically you're yes, you're enough to have a different life. Yes, you're enough to have an amazing husband. Yes, you're enough to have an amazing boyfriend. Yes, you're enough to have amazing friends. And yes, you're enough to do this project that is outrageous and is completely out of your comfort zone. And I think that this is something that I would, I always say to my friends that need to know that, that they should just remember that every day. So you hear that everyone, you are enough. (laughs) Say it out loud. (laughs) You know, so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Rado. And it was so great to have you on the podcast today and see your face over there in Bulgaria. (laughs) You're welcome. And I hope I'll see you soon. And I am sorry about my sexy Eastern European accent of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, it adds a little flavor to the podcast. The accent, the Bulgarian Radosina. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we'll see you soon and take care. I love you. I love you too. Bye. (laughs) Bye. 